Remember, just like Walt Disney, you have the power to turn imagination into reality. Embrace the challenges, believe in your dreams, and let your creativity soar. Don't be afraid to take that first step, for it is the key that unlocks the door to a world of endless possibilities. Trust in the magic within you and let it guide you towards your own extraordinary journey. Welcome to Coffee with Alan. We're going to talk a little bit about Walt Disney, some of the things he did, some of the things he believed, and how that can help you be more successful, achieve your goals, and make a difference in the world. I have my Walt Disney cup here. I really like this cup because it has Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse with the partner statue. You can see this statue in front of the castle at Disneyland and Disney World in the parks. Also has the saying underneath the statue, remember it all started with a mouse. And actually didn't all start with the mouse, but boy is the mouse an important part of Disney and what became of that empire and how that empire started. You know, in actuality, in 1922, Walt Disney started a company, a little production co company called Laugh-O-Gram Films. And by the spring of 1923, after not getting paid by a couple of different clients, Laugh-O-Gram Films went bankrupt. And the summer of 1923, Walt moved out to California where his brother Roy was at. And later that year, with some financing from an uncle, Robert, they started the Disney Brothers Film Studios. Later, that became the Walt Disney Company, and it's grown into the Disney that we know now. But in 23, it was the Disney Brothers Film Studio. And that's why they are currently celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Disney Company. It's because they started that in 23. But just think about that. He had the bankruptcy a little earlier that year. And the lesson we can all learn from that is we are going to fail. We are going to have challenges and setbacks, and we can't let those stop us. When he moved to California, he still had the optimism. He was still lively about it was going to be successful in the things he could do. And he carried that through all everything. He was the optimist. He was the dreamer. He had the imagination and the belief. And partnered with his brother Roy, who was a little bit more grounded as far as getting the loans and financing and ensuring they had the money to pursue the dreams of his brother Walt, the two made an excellent team. And that's important for all of us to realize as well. We need to partner and team with people that have strengths different from our own strengths to make the collective whole that much better. And Walt Disney was an expert at attracting great people and excellent talent to help him achieve the dreams and visions that he had. Couldn't do it all by himself. He needed Roy and Roy's expertise in getting the money and the loans and the financing and running the business. And he needed the exceptional artists and people that helped him create the visions that he had. 
Jay says, good morning. I'm going to stop and say good morning to Jay. And Jay says, have done that before myself, the bankruptcy part. It happens. Many successful people fail, have bankruptcies or other business failures or personal failures in their lives. We can't let those set us back. We must drive on. Walt Disney was a perfect example. You know, look at the empire today. And he had that bankruptcy not long before he started the company that is still around 100 years from now or 100 years from then. And it'll probably be here 100 years from now as well. Good morning, Eric. Appreciate you being here. Happy Sunday to you. So then what else comes up? What's another thing, a setback or a challenge? Walt Disney created Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. That was a creation of his. But because of a deal and a contract with a distributor, he didn't have the rights to Oswald. And so they didn't get the rights back. A Disney Corporation company did not get the rights back until just recently. And now the 100-year anniversary, you can buy some Oswald shirts and sweatshirts and different things. But he didn't have the rights to Oswald. That didn't stop him. He created a new character for cartoons, Mortimer Mouse. His wife Lillian didn't like that name. She suggested Mickey Mouse. Walt was smart, took his wife's advice, and we have Mickey Mouse around the globe. So sometimes we need to stop and think, maybe our ideas aren't the best and somebody has a suggestion or an improvement and we need to listen to those. Not always, and I'll have an example of that coming up, but with Mortimer Mouse versus Mickey Mouse, Walt was very wise in taking his wife's suggestion, and we know Mickey around the world now. And now people are getting to know Oswald, the lucky rabbit, a little bit more because Disney has control of that character and the rights to that character now, and they're promoting some of that as well as one of Walt's earliest creations. LinkedIn user glitches with my laptop. So hi from LinkedIn. That might be Dixon. I don't have his name on there, but I know Dixon likes to tune in. So that might be Dixon, but hello. And thank you for saying hello. Disney was also very keen to embrace new technologies. And we have the first sound cartoon. Before that, they were just silent cartoons. They would show before the movies, when the, then the movies. But then with Steamboat Willie, that was the first with sound and the cartoon. Then later, Walt was introduced to color. So he always wanted to get you know something better and bigger and better, use technology, advance things. They created things that nobody else had used before that then became standards in the industry of film and cartoons. And then in 1934, a few years after Mickey, remember Mickey started in 1928. So it's a few years after he started the company, they created Mickey. And so in 19, in 2028, we'll have the 100th birthday of Mickey Mouse because he was born in 1928. But they were being successful with the Mickey cartoons and some other projects that he was working on. And the cartoons were just, you know, shorts that were played before movies. And they actually had Oscars, you know, and Academy Awards for the cartoon shorts. And Disney won some of those and so forth, was being very successful. And then Walt had an idea that people called Disney's Folly. The industry insiders called it Disney's Folly, and they predicted it would bankrupt the company. The idea was a full-length, 
feature cartoon. And it was going to be called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, based on the story that Walt liked when he was younger. Changed the story some and made it his own, but he wanted to make a feature film cartoon, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And all the experts said, you're going to go bankrupt. They nicknamed it Disney's Folly. He pursued. He kept at it. It cost $1.5 million to create. And this is back in the 1930s. That was three times over the budget that they predicted and they said it was going to cost, which gave Brother Roy the headaches trying to get the money for his brother Walt to make this feature film that's going to be a cartoon that was going to bankrupt the company, according to all the experts. It was released in December of 1937, and it was the most successful movie of any movies for 1938. And by May of 1939, it had grossed $6.5 million, and it was the most successful sound film to that date. And it kept that record until I think Gone with the Wind is, is past it. But that launched all of the animated movies that we have today. All of the Disney movies and the Pixar, which is owned by Disney now, and all of the other companies that have made animated feature films all started because Walt Disney had an idea that he wanted to make a full-length feature animated film. And the first one they did was Snow White. So it shows, you know, we can have ideas. Experts can say, never going to work, but they can. And so we can't always let the experts and the people in the know tell us what we can or can't do, what will or won't be successful. Because many ideas that people thought would never work have gone on to become very successful. And Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is one great example. And that was because Walt had the vision and he had the determination and the leadership ability to lead that team to create that movie. And he was a perfectionist. He brought animals in and had them study animals so they could make the animation similar to animals. He had live actors acting parts out so they could animate it and make it more realistic and accurate. And if you look at Disney throughout the years, they were always advancing on the technology and the ways that they could make animated films better. And then they got into live action films and TV, you know, and it was always the same, always trying to make things better and more creative. Kellen says, Walt, <laughs> glad you could join us, Kellen. Appreciate you being here. One of the things that Disney did then he, he was successful in all of these animated films and shorts and movies now. He turned his ideas in the 1950s toward an amusement park. And this is where he didn't listen to his wife. He, he said one time when he started on Disneyland, his wife used to say, but why do you want to build an amusement park? They're so dirty. He told her that was the point. Mine wouldn't be. And he wanted to build an amusement park for the entire family that would be clean, fun, and a place the entire family, kids and adults, would enjoy and have fun. And that's what he did. And now the parks surround the world. It started with Disneyland in California, 
but now then it went to Disney World in Florida. Now we have them in Shanghai and Hong Kong and Tokyo and Paris and people around the globe visit these parks. I mean, I think the first year, I forget the exact number, but it was about three and a half million people visited Disneyland when it first opened in the 50s, 1955. And now it's probably billions of people have visited the parks globally. And I don't know how many visit each year, but it's way more than three and a half million of that first year, right? But then he was smart. You notice the shirt I'm wearing, a Disneyland t-shirt. He went on TV because he had the TV presence to help promote the park. So he had that brilliant marketing mind to tie his TV show in with the theme park, with the characters. He tied everything together and that helped everything grow to be bigger and better. And the park, the opening day, they had a lot of problems, but they worked through the problems, always making it better. I remember one of his quotes that he said every time he got on a ride or did something, he was always thinking, what could be better with this ride? How can we improve it? How can we make things better? And that's, he was always thinking that way. And if you go to the park, there's so many little things and details. I took a picture of a light bulb that was half white and half red. Because in the circle of light bulbs, they had rotated them. White, red, white, red. And Walt did not want the same color of light bulbs next to each other. And because of the spacing, they messed up a little bit. It's like, oh, there was an odd number. And it's like, we're going to have one close to each other. How can we solve that problem? Make half the light bulb red, half white. Problem solved. No colors next to each other. There's another little spot where there's a brick wall and they left the brick wall there. It was a test brick wall with different kind of bricks because Walt wanted to see them actually in a real wall so he could then pick which bricks he wanted to be used for things. There are names on windows and little things here and there that represent people that were important to the Disney Corporation and helping make Disneyland and things. So there's all these little fine details to make the park more inviting, but also personalized to different things and just all these little details. And Walt was so particular about that. And he was so into that park that he actually had an apartment built at the park because he didn't like to go back and forth to his house. It took too much time and he wanted to be there to ensure that everything was done just right and be a part of it. And so he actually lived in that apartment at Disneyland. And his wife stayed there too. And when he had grandkids, sometimes the grandkids would stay in that apartment with him. And I finally got to see the apartment last week. You can see it with special tour if you go to Disneyland. And it's a small little apartment because he was a fairly simple guy. He didn't need the big extravagant things for personal life. He wanted the big extravagant things in the park for everyone. Just, you know, a fascinating man and that he did that. And it just goes to prove that one person can make a difference. So what are you going to make a difference with? In your life, in your community, in your state, in the world? What are you going to make a difference in? How are you going to make a difference? And in closing, I want to challenge you to channel the spirit of Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse and let your dreams ignite the world. I'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Appreciate everybody that joins. Have a fantastic rest of the day.